0: wichita falls i'm your co-host ryan with my lovely wife Catherine by my side we'll be having discussions on business family and anything else we find complicated or intriguing whether you're having your coffee in bernie texas driving to work in des moines traffic or on a jog through the streets of garfield arkansas join us as we dive deep into the mysteries of modern life welcome to the armadillo den
1: Welcome to the Armadillo Den, everyone.
0: We got Jesse Beckham from Lost Penguin Leather in the house today. It's good to see you, Jesse. Well, thank you for having me, friends. Mm-hmm.
1: What did we all just eat? Let's give him another shout out. Yeah,
0: we uh, had Progress and Provisions. So our good buddy Kyle over at Progress and Provisions whipped up our lunch today. I had the Korean chi- Jesse and I both had the Korean chicken yeah. sandwich. It was
1: What'd spot
2: have, on. Catherine?
1: The Waldorf salad. Mm-hmm. It's Delicious.
2: Uh It looked good. Fun fact about Kyle and all his logo work. Uh John Pyle did that, who did all of our The Lost Penguin. Oh, cool. All my imagery and stuff. Local guy? Uh, No, out of Austin. Really? Mm -hmm. How do you guys know him? I found him on Instagram, and he is also one of the lead designers for Texas Humor. Okay. I assume that he still is. He was at the time. Okay and we yeah, we had, a, we had quoted lot. some stuff to him a while back and John was kind of the contact and we got to talking after the fact and I was like, "Hey man, I need
0: a new logo." Good. Yeah. Well, your both logos are good, so. Yeah, he does great work. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, he's 100%. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, Catherine, what are we talking about today?
1: Today we are talking about how to have a successful side hustle. Hustle. Hustle.
0: Hurday. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, so far,
0: let's define before we get going, let's define side hustle compared to a full-time gig. Specifically, what do you consider that?
1: <laughs> a side hustle is when you have a full-time job by someone else and your entrepreneurship side hustle is a side gig you do after and outside of your 40-hour work week. Okay. Does that?
0: Yeah, that Do you all right. agree
1: with that? Yeah. Perfect. Okay.
2: <clears throat> I just wanted to set some parameters. Off the... Uh... The legitimate time clock yeah right Yeah. Usu- usually. usually yeah well well <laughs> like, <laughs> the <laughs> difference is <Yeah. laughs>
1: your time clock like for us yeah anyone who's an entrepreneur there's not a time clock mm. ryan and i are like employees of our company who don't clock in that would be depressing
0: mm. real depressing
1: <laughs> so yeah, so today well, we're just talk- d- not
0: depressing because we're clocking in, but because we find that we made like $5 an hour. <laughs> so,
1: the first true story when we became an S Corp, which eventually we'll get into some, I'll bring on a CPA friend of actually our CPA. This would be a good future episode mm-hmm. talking about just how to set up your business um, financially and on your tax return. But when we became an S Corp, Ryan and I both became employees of ramble and we take a salary and I never told Ryan what he made and then he one day looked at his pay stub and he's like you're kidding me and I'm like hey man (laughs) it's something right
2: (laughs) ask no questions
1: yeah (laughs) please (laughs) ask no questions (laughs) about how low your paycheck is um so yeah today we're talking about how to have a successful side hustle and Eb who was on the episode or on the podcast a couple of episodes ago texted us on our way home from Joe T Garcia's in Fort Worth and said I have an episode idea y'all need to interview Jesse Beckham and how we know Jesse he is a friend but he started selling in Ramble he was a vendor it was I'm going to say mm-hmm. was yeah. for the sake of this that will come We'll hash that out, but was a vendor in Rambling Company starting in 2017, I think, our first year in the new shop, 2017,
2: 2018. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. I think, yeah.
1: And he is a maker of leather goods.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's Lost Penguin leather?
2: Yeah,
0: just Lost Penguin leather goods. And can you tell us what, you're, what you specialize in
2: specifically as far as your what goods you make? Well, um, as far as our retail items, we really focus a lot on tote bags, shave bags, dop kits, shave bag, whatever you want to call it. Um, smaller leather goods items, but our, our tote bags have always been a really good product that really do well, along with the, the shave bags. We've got some different size bags, and I'll keep saying bags. bags. Got bags. <laughs> I got bags. <laughs> but... Um, we, we've we shifted a lot of the focus in the last couple of years away from retail product, uh, which we keep a few items on our website to fill that need, but in the last, I'd say right at two years, probably 80% of our focus goes towards uh, wholesale and private label items. I think some people call it white labels, the official, and that, that has really taken on a bulk of what we do. Has really grown into a lot more than we thought it would. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, uh, the hustle's getting real. Right. And really, we're really staying really busy on those things. And
1: So, uh, I have one thing that um, <clears throat> I find interesting, just knowing you through all of this, is you used to drop off tote bags and your DOP kits and the trays.
2: Oh, yeah, ballet trays. I ballet the trays. Ballet tray, those so. are really awesome. And I've got, a, I've got one of your clipboards. Yeah, the clipboards. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to make some more of those. Pad those videos. are like one.
1: Yeah, and I think, so, you're saying retail, and I'm going to use another term that helped connect dots for me um, because one thing that I want to get to today is talking about when you start a side hustle, the... Benefits of thinking forward into what market you're going to serve. So when Jesse started retail, but business to consumer is, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people say B2C and B2B. Yeah. So, and I, when I first saw that, I was like, what are they talking about? And business to consumer is retail. until just
2: now did I realize what they were talking about. When you, yeah. Well, I've seen that. I "I don't don't know. I've seen it and I, I, I know what it means, but I've just now made the connection. Right. It's a lot easier to explain that I'm more focused on B2B now versus B2C. Yeah, Yeah,
1: so your framework of your business has changed, and I think that's one thing that we can get more into. But for the sake of those who are starting a side hustle, being conscious of – do you want to serve a business-to-consumer or do you want to serve a business-to-business business model? Ramble's gone back and forth over the years. We started as business-to-consumer. We tried wholesale, a.k.a. business-to-business. Business. Well, we technically
0: do both because of our custom screen printing. Yeah.
1: We just have figured out kind of how to make it work for us. Um, so explain more of the process of what you do. I mean, you, have, you hand make
2: mm-hmm. leather
1: goods. What does that mean?
2: Uh, I start with all raw materials and create Different a types of leather? Uh, mostly uh, just a, a natural vegetable tan leather is what we work on primarily for our B2B product, business to business.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, we use various other leathers and different finishes for the bags to get uh, kind of more rustic looks. <clears throat> but when I order leather, it'll show up as a 20 to 22 square foot side of leather. A side of leather is a side of a cow. So a whole hide would be obviously the whole mm-hmm. leather hide of the animal that had been tanned. And, uh, it's most places don't sell a whole hide. So you buy it by the halves and it, it roughly, I have a four foot by eight foot table. Cutting working table and a side of leather normally runs the length of that and sometimes close to the width. But I'll order my sides of leather and we'll break that down into leather strips and straps that we can cut using our cutting dies to cut, for example, the keychains that we do a lot of. I'll run that through a machine where I cut out each individual keychain and then we'll stamp them with you know, a logo or a saying or a name and then assemble them and then they'll be done. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: But your totes, I mean, I know when I first came across you, you had this, it looked like a vintage sewing machine. I just think it's a, probably is older, but it's super heavy duty because you have to think your needle's going through.
2: Oh yeah. My my sewing machine is an industrial size machine that is geared towards the leather industry. It's a leather machine company machine called the cobra and it'll sew seven eighths of an inch leather that's amazing oh yeah it's a beast it's like you got to keep your fingers in check when you're sewing you can't (laughs) you can't not pay attention i'm i haven't ever done it knock on wood but i'm i'm just terrified every time that you could sew two fingers together if you weren't oh very easily very easily
1: (laughs) i just got a weird feeling in my stomach (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: right i don't um but yeah the totes The totes are also, we we, uh, hand cut the material, uh, that large piece. We'll hand cut that uh, with, I have some specialty knives that are geared towards leather work. You'll, I'll lay them out. I have some acrylic templates that I had made here in town by a friend of ours at Texoma Laser, and we'll lay those out, hand cut those, and line them up, get them sewn together, and But, yeah, everything we do, we don't outsource any of our work. Um, The closest thing to outsourcing anything is one of my leather vendors, if I know I'm going to be using X amount of leather, I'll have them go ahead and strap the side of leather down for me Mm -hmm. just to save me from having to go through and cut them individually because they have a machine they can run it through. Right. But, yeah, everything we do is all handmade. It's all me.
1: And Uh, you do more artwork pieces, too. So the totes have less... um, what is it like decorative
2: or yeah a tooling or or do you do like that work
1: yeah yeah that you would normally see like on belts
2: yeah i don't like the western style yeah carving and tooling
1: you did more of that
2: when i started
1: which was in when we haven't said that okay
2: let me i can kind of do a quick timeline how about that timeline is good. so started in 2012 i was in graduate school here at Midwestern State University, I wanted a tote, or not a tote, uh, but a a duffel bag, like a weekender duffel bag. And I couldn't even afford to buy the Louis Vuitton Chinese knockoff mm-hmm. off eBay because you know I was a graduate <laughs> student; I had no money. So I thought, shoot, I'll just make my own, right? And got with my mother, good seamstress, and we kind of made plans. And, anyways, to shorten that up, it is a lot harder. Than just throwing one together. I bought my first piece of leather in 2012 at the Texas Ranch Roundup here in town. And when I realized the tote was going to be a little more work than I had expected, I started making like little smaller items, just piddling around with different things and ideas. And that kind of sent me down the rabbit hole, you know, seeing what was out there available that I could do or what the potential of work in leather is and I guess just started educating myself a little bit more on the processes and the tools and the materials and things like that and slowly slowly started making different items and in the beginning I was pretty much making anything anyone was willing to spend give me money for
3: Mm -hmm.
2: so holsters and knife sheaths and belts and guitar straps and any just about any small leather goods Mm -hmm. I would make and um, almost everything that I did up until 2016 was all custom work. I I didn't make uh, any product like inventory product for retail sale or just to have product on hand. I think I had done maybe one pop-up show like vendor event mm-hmm. that I had made some various items up, but everything prior to 2016 was all custom work. And How
1: was that? So there's a lot more, I think, stress that comes in. Maybe that's the wrong word. But it's labor intensive to do custom work because you're dealing one-on-one and the amount of time it takes to deal with one customer and their needs and to accurately charge for it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is usually does not add up well.
2: And that that is exactly why we shifted what we were doing. Okay. So yeah my I started my day job that I'm working now uh um, can
1: you tell us what you do now and what your I, d- degree's in
2: uh, <laughs> they don't correlate I know but not uh, <laughs> my uh I have a bachelor's degree uh with a major in history and a minor in humanities my graduate master's degree is in history which I say that I have it but I technically don't have my master's degree, but it's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I work at an oil and gas company here in Wichita Falls called Jane M. Oilfield service and we sell and service saltwater pumps, salt for saltwater injection on mm-hmm. the production side of oil. And I am the accounts receivable, accounts payable, uh, am sales, payroll, we wear a lot of hats. Shipping department. Pretty much in the shipping department. <laughs> We're a very small company, so we all wear a lot of hats. And uh, I've been doing... I've been working there since 2014. And that's... that's My wife and I got married in 2014. And then our son was born in 2016. And when he was born, I began to prioritize my time mm-hmm. quite a bit more. And that's when we changed... And I keep saying we because, yes, I'm I'm the maker of Lost Penguin Leather, but we're also family, like a family company. Like my wife, she, my wife Jamie, she's a teacher during her day job, but you know she'll come help me when I need an extra hand, and we all participate in it and enjoy it. And I work do it together. Yeah, we yeah. do it. To, we, we do it I've together. Seen
1: Lincoln punching some leather, man. Yeah,
2: and and I, I we work around it as a family, so. Uh, if Lincoln wants to come out and help dad in the workshop I'll go make some work for him to come out there to be able to do that um, but all that really to say my my shift uh, everything changed when my focus went towards how precious my time was and that if I was going to continue doing this kind of work it was it needed to be profitable because yes it was a business I was selling product on the custom end but I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't always busy. I didn't mm-hmm. always have work. And to m- <clears throat> maintain inventory of of leathers and tools and things like that, it's not cheap. And it needed to be a profitable business. And we had. I had to.
1: Yeah, and you're we, uh, smart enough to figure that out. That.
2: Yeah, and we both sat down, and I said, "All right, if this is what we're going to do, if I want to continue doing this, this is kind of the." direction we're going to have to start to head, and that's when I began making uh, kind of an inventory of product. We launched our website. Uh, We started doing a lot more shows, um, going to as many shows as we could, and uh, it went really well. It went really well when we did that, and then, of course, time, time and scheduling for myself is really my biggest focus that i have to pay attention to
3: mm-hmm.
2: because if i get off course like anything you get off course and you lose your time you got to you got to keep your things scheduled out so you can be productive and be profitable and you're for me as a side hustle not um uh, not leaving family out so like i'm not coming straight home from work and going to the shop from my day job and going straight to my shop and just working till midnight I come home we cook dinner we play outside we watch a movie or whatever we may do and we put my son to bed and when my son is in bed I go to the shop right and as I became used to that it made it a lot harder for me to do a lot of work as far as what I was taking on
1: I mean I can imagine building so at this point you're Business to consumer, you're doing retail. You're packing inventory. You are stocked in the shop, and other places, and doing shows, at least once a a quarter, at least. You know, like traveling for shows, and we were doing it the same. But I can imagine after you've worked all day, spent time with your family, the capacity to go out in the shop and build a tote bag. I mean, you—it's got to be difficult.
2: Yeah, or that, or like doing like the, the the decorative items like doing some tooling and carving on leather, even if it's just simple stamping, uh, it takes a lot of time. And when you're tired, <laughs> when you're tired, it's hard to force yourself to be creative.
0: Yeah, that mm-hmm. artistic muscle gets wore out yeah. real quick.
2: And and you probably know too like you can't force creativity. You can't you can't force a a trade or not a trade but how to do something?
1: Oh, a skill, maybe. A skill, like... yeah.
2: There we go. Hurt. <laughs> I was gonna say, can you imagine how good we'd be at what we love to do if we knew before we had kids what we know now? My goodness, I tell my wife all the time if I would have taken the initiative to start working with leather when it first interested me, like when I was in high school. Yeah, like which seems like a hundred years ago now how far ahead i would be now i don't even know what we did before what did we do yeah with our time i was like what, what I, we just I'm, wasted what, free time I'm, yeah what 30, is that yeah. i mean
0: like what
1: did, i don't know yeah. about you guys but i know what i did with mine i'm not saying it was healthy but
0: no i, I, I know i'm just saying it, it's hard to believe that all that unhealthy
2: stuff took up that much of our time right yeah like how much what Man. Oh, that lifestyle yeah was yeah. it really that great? Yeah. No. It was
0: pretty
1: great, but...
2: I mean, it was, no, it, was it was fun. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was great, yeah. but...
1: Yeah, so I think... So then...
0: There's you no guys, lingering joy derived from that. No.
1: So tell us more about the... What were the chain of events that happened, I think you were getting there, from kind of changing the business model of Lost Penguin?
2: Yeah, So so like I was saying... When did it
1: take a? Because I don't want to speak for you. Did it take like a maybe a Christmas season that didn't go as expected? Was there a quote unquote fail? Was there a mm, what happened? You're baiting
0: him too much. Just let him answer the question.
1: But I want it to be clear. Like uh-huh. what was the transition out of time? You know. Cause I'll believe you if you say that it was only time, but was there any other events that happened or didn't happen that led you to kind of shift gears or did it happen naturally?
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think probably a little bit of all that. Okay. Um, we're trying to keep the inventory. We're trying to do the shows. Um, we did quite a few here in town and for the first year or two, I couldn't, keep enough totes made mm-hmm. they were selling so fast that and at christmas totes and those shave bags i was doing i couldn't make enough shave bags i think my my biggest year like in probably 2017 or 18 the one christmas season i made like 40 of them because i thought okay this will be enough stock to carry me through and i, I remember you they yeah. didn't yeah they didn't even make it to christmas i think that was the year mm-hmm. that um we did the christmas magic booth yeah with y'all
0: yeah because you were offering uh to, you, we, you were putting people's initials yeah, on it Yeah, right? we could,
2: I would, uh, they could buy it at the show, I'd take it back to the shop, put a name or initials on the strap, yeah. get it back to them. And it was awesome. Like, we just sold, sold them like crazy. And the next year we plan, you know, you expect the same thing. And I don't know if maybe we just overexhausted our presence here in Wichita Falls Market, because a lot of those sales did go here locally. A lot of that through Ramble, in the Ramble store, and, or the... Shows that we did locally, but until the next year, I make a ton of stuff up, and it was just kind of...
1: I think that's eh, a struggle. eh, I want to believe that we over... That at times when things slow down in Wichita Falls that we want to say that's it, but I really do believe there's a lot of people who don't know about your leather goods. I
2: think so, too, yeah, and I don't...
1: So there's no way
2: to... Yeah, I'm I'm not trying to blame the Wichita market at yeah, all i think that's a variable that's we just, could never <laughs> i think quantify. that's just something i right. tell myself to make me feel a little bit better maybe sometimes
0: well and you could maybe you're just making too good of a product i mean you're making a lifetime i mean essentially you're making a lifetime product like sure. that person that buys your
1: their legacy tote, pieces yeah
0: there's not yeah that person's kid's gonna wind up
1: with that y'all you know? please go to his website lostpenguinleather.com, right and see these totes that we're talking about. that They're beautiful, and they'll last forever.
2: My wife is carrying the very <laughs> first one I ever made in 2016. Y'all, that's just She sweet. carries it every day. Aww. Uh, she's a teacher, too, so you know how much crap they carry in their totes. <laughs> that's all I don't <laughs> <So> know. It's <laughs> like it's a 30-pound bag, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, yeah, uh,
1: you started shifting.
2: Yeah, and, and we did a couple shows. Like, I love going to the shows. They're so much fun.
1: Because you like to talk to people.
2: Because I like to talk to people, and a lot of times at a show, I may or may not get a couple libations into me, and I get super, super chatty. Yeah. And they're so much fun to see all the, just talk to everybody and talk to other vendors. And we were going to, I think, five or six a year, with most of those being at Christmas, because I know there were a couple years where it was like, from the beginning of November to Christmas, almost every weekend we're going somewhere and they were fun. And, and the first couple of years we did really well. And then the third, I guess third and fourth year we did the same thing in that Christmas season. For some reason, it just wasn't as fun. I think it had turned into a lot more work and it kind of lost the, the luster to me of going and, and I mean, it's a lot of work. Y'all know. Yeah, I mean, time. y'all, 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 y'all haul a lot more stuff than I do. And I, I wasn't hauling that much product or like display items.
1: I, I think it that's just... what's hard about shows. Cause we saw it too. Same year. There was a, and this is pre pandemic. There was a shift in, I think shopping habits and people mm-hmm. going to <clears> events because the events we were doing outside of Magnolia events were just so much less that when, you have to think like this is my whole weekend, whether it's my our full time job or your side hustle, mm-hmm. a weekend is a weekend,
0: yeah, but it takes two <laughs> weeks to get ready at least oh sure, to get and that's not I wouldn't even say that's not even including the product mm-hmm. that's that's just the prep for the show
1: and then designing your booth and just being have, make sure you have your business cards I mean it's a lot of work prior, and when it doesn't return, there's just little bits of you that get chipped away <laughs>
2: well yeah, and, and every show you go to you're you're paying for it months ahead for mm-hmm. your booth space. Then you're spending all that time leading up to it, building your product or getting your inventory mm-hmm. ready. And then you go to a show and you don't sell a lot of that product that you just spent all that time on. You're left with a pile of product, you know, it's money sitting on the shelf. And mm-hmm. to me, I think that ate at me a lot too, because we finished that those last couple of Christmas seasons with just a ton of product left. And it's just like, you know, what what else can we add or what else can I do that'll keep me from having to get on the road? Because you're right. It's a lot of work getting it ready and mm-hmm. a weekend's a weekend's a weekend. Like that's a weekend away from my kid <laughs> that we're having to go dump him off with in-laws. You know, he, he wasn't old enough to be able to go to those shows with us and help in any capacity. And even there are a few shows that Jamie was tied up where she couldn't even go to a show. So I'm trying to hunt down a buddy to come help and, in, yeah, they they were fun, but w- when you kind of look back, or when I kind of look back on it, it was like, you know, that was an awful lot of work <laughs> to just come out ahead. Or even. X amount. Brought, yeah, or even. If
1: you really count all the <clears> inventory <throat> you brought.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think this, this all, I think, but without those shows and those experiences, I don't think we would have got either business, Lost Penguin or, I think it helped us get to where we're at, and then you you come to that crossroads, and you're like, okay, it's time to decide, you know, what to do. I think any any new business that has the opportunity to go and do some sort of a show or trade show or set mm-hmm. up at a you know market, man, I think I think you got to do it.
2: You know, I think yeah. it's you got to get out there and shake babies and kiss hands. Yeah, well, it, 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 it helps. <laughs> it helps you get your legs under you. It gets your name out there. It gets your legs under you. And no, I agree. And it you actually be.
1: physically get to see, I think the benefit of a show is you get to talk to someone who's excited about your product, but you get to see how they, I'm very aware when we do shows cause I really do miss them. How do people look at your booth? What's mm-hmm. the first product that they gravitate towards? There is so much value in analyzing how someone shops your product But at the same time, there's just a healthy balance in doing it, you know, constantly. It's it's
2: very direct market research. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things about doing shows is being able to educate people, right? Because to me, every single leather goods item that I see in any store or anywhere that I go, like, I'm going to go look at it and I'm going to tear it down in my head and try to correlate its quality to price mm-hmm. which a lot of times is highly unbalanced but there's so much stuff that people just don't understand like i've got buddies that are making 500 hundred dollar belts like a tool belt that's 500 dollars, and that might be average pricing right now on the market mm-hmm. based on the skill level of some of the people out there or it's crazy and most people that are going to go look at an item like that are going to say, "Whoa, who do you think you are asking this much money you're... for a belt?" Because they don't they don't understand yeah. what goes into it, like what the materials cost, and they don't realize that that person sat down at a tooling bench and probably spent you know five or six hours drawing that out by hand and carving it, and then tooling it and doing all the stamping, and if there's any kind of going through with a an art brush and painting it. And same goes. I'm not doing that highly skilled work as far as the tooling. but
1: I've know, seen some of your stuff.
2: I mean, those shave bags, I humble. love them, but they yeah. take a lot of time to build because you're not... Like, the totes aren't too bad because I'm just doing four corners on the bottom. On those to, uh, the shave bags, you've got eight corners, and it's a small item, and you have to build all that inside out. So well, you got to do all eight corners and then flip them inside out. And, and hope and, that it's all... Yeah, it's all, those are always yeah. the scariest, flipping those inside out. Like, I know this sewing machine does an excellent job. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to break this thread, but what if this is the one? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. If it, what if this is the bag that's going to completely fly apart? Yeah. And they never do, but it's it's always a little nerve-wracking. like,
0: why does this look like a parking cone?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I missed a corner. <laughs> but being able to educate people, when, and it used to always be one of my favorite things, is when someone would say, oh, my God, you could kind of hear them. Off to the side. Oh, it's expensive. Well, let's talk. Let uh, let me let me explain to you. Like,
1: let's have a conversation. This this, about this
2: this particular leather that I use, you know, say if it's the natural Herman Oak, like this is Herman Oak leather. It is tanned from U.S. cattle in San or not San Francisco, um, Springfield, Missouri, where they've been doing it for over a hundred years. Herman Oak's one of three tanneries. Big major tanneries in the U.S. that are still in operation. Um, Herman Oak, Wicket and & Craig, and uh, Horwing. And it's expensive. Yeah. I can. You can order a comparable leather maybe from an importer that comes out of Argentina or South America or Mexico, and you could probably get by with it, but I don't want to because I want to... I we I try to use that Herman Oak in as much product as I possibly can because it's a U.S. sourced item made from U.S. hands. So it's you know passing passing the buckle on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. So let's.
2: But yeah, the education like being able to educate the public and people that aren't aware of those things. And same thing for y'all probably. Like they most people probably think that you just pour a box of shirts into a hopper and hit a button and it just goes through like a, a laser printer. Yeah. Right. You know, they don't realize that
1: they're hand printing. you're
2: out there with, you know, 20 inch forearms because Ryan's been back there <laughs> screen printing I wish. like a maniac for, you know, a week on end.
1: Yeah. Now the best arms I've ever had is when I was our slow printer. I mean, <laughs> these guns were toned. smoking, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <toned. laughs> And now they're a little mom floppy, but no one's judging. Um, So that's where you were pre-pandemic. Then the pandemic hits, and I would say your business grew.
2: Yeah, it did. Now you're
1: business to business. so It
2: didn't make any sense (laughs) at all. So the first private label item, and when I say private label...
1: Yeah, explain that.
2: A private label item is... Catherine or Ryan come to me and say hey we have an idea for a keychain so okay so we sit down we draw up a shape or a design and she provides me with artwork that she wants on there that we've done several of and I have the custom stamps made with their logos and their their graphic designed item I'll have a stamp made and I will put that stamp onto a keychain or a wristlet or whatever the product may be and I I'm basically the manufacturer putting their ideas and designs into...
1: On a a product we don't produce. So we're not going to become a leather company because we're going to outsource to a professional leather worker, which we happen to know one, which made this really great.
2: Oh, who is it? Do you have the info? (laughs) You can check our uh, our uh, socials. uh, Uh, (laughs) I believe he's linked on (laughs) several... (laughs) But, but yeah, so, so that's, that is what a private label item is to me. And more often than not, that's going to be, I'll be running volume on that. And my very first private label item was for Odd Duck. Yeah. And that was way back. And they just accidentally found out that I did leather work. Like, Hey, you think you could make some.
1: Was it those mason jar coffee? Yeah. The
2: the mason jar uh, sleeves. And that was my first custom stamp I ever had made. And I had a buddy in Burke Burnett that had a laser engraver that we like scratched our heads trying to figure it out. But that was the first one. And from that point, I always kind of wanted to go in that direction because I knew, I knew that there, there was profit in that.
1: Bible. Do you like making profit, but it also takes out, would you say, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it takes out so much of the not creativity. Cause that's not it. That's not it. But so much thinking. Cause you, you create one and then you just produce them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you enjoy it? Or does that get monotonous sometimes?
2: Yes. And no, Because um, you're doing
1: hundreds and hundreds
2: now, well, right? Oh yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, you've, I've got, yeah. I've
2: got a 700 piece order right now I'm working on. And like, It can get monotonous, but
3: 700 key fobs.
2: I mean, we've been blowing them up and yeah, it can get, it can get to me. Like when I just really put my head down and like start blowing through them. But on the other hand, when I do that, when I do that sort of work, I can schedule my time so much better, Mm -hmm. much more precision in my scheduling when I can do that stuff. And in doing so, I do open up a lot of extra time outside of that work where I can work on different products, more custom items. Mm-hmm. I can kind of stretch my creativity a little bit and work, make my brain hurt. But that, so, that is a great, that that is one of the better things of doing that kind of work for me as far as my scheduling that I can now, I don't want this to sound bad or fool myself, but, at the volume that I've been running in the last year or so I don't have, I'm not out there trying to take orders, like get more orders. Like I'm not trying to hustle to get someone to order a tote or a bag. And I'm able to tell people no, when I don't have the time.
1: There's power in no.
2: Oh my gosh. It's awesome. (laughs) It sounds so terrible, but like, no, it I doesn't. almost, I almost but, get like a rush when I'm like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I think
1: when you are able to say no and do the things that are... Because it helps to be able to do a passion and make money yeah. doing it. Yeah. You know, So that no only opens doors for you to financially make this side gig successful. Mm-hmm. So I want to know pros and cons of having a side gig for... Speaking to someone else, maybe in your shoes, because so far the last few podcasts we've done, interviews, they've been full-time self-employed. And I do know Ryan and I are full-time self-employed. That is not everyone's journey or story. Um, so I want to know for those who might have a side hustle or might be thinking about having a side hustle, um, kind of speaking to that pros and cons of, side gigging, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, the pro is if most, or if
1: you could offer a piece of advice.
2: Well, I think I think it's, I think side hustle has kind of become an umbrella, a title for a hobby, because most people people have always had some sort of hobby, right? And a lot of times, you want your hobby will make a little bit of money, but you're you're using your hobby to pay for your hobby. Mm-hmm. And at some point that that kind of takes a jump from the hobby into that, what I would consider a, a serious side hustle where you're beginning to really focus on it and you're trying to grow it and build your, your portfolio of what you can do, your tools and equipment and things like that. Uh, the great thing, you know, the pro to it is you obviously started doing it cause you enjoyed it.
3: Mm hmm.
2: You know, if you're making something, there's always something you're striving to get to. Like there's going to be someone out there, no matter what you're doing, I don't care who you are, there will always be someone out there better than you. Mm-hmm. And that's great because that always gives you somebody to chase after. That always gives you a reason to better yourself or or try to learn a new skill to make yourself better. So that, that's a great pro to it is you're really going to, you're investing in yourself in that side hustle but you, you don't want the con is, it's really easy to get a big head and big dreams, and start putting the cart in front of the horse.
3: Because
2: mm-hmm. you, especially with social media, you see so many people doing so well. What and appears? Be, what? Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. What appears to be doing well, or it looks like they're incredibly successful, and it's really easy to get down on yourself when you're trying to grow your business. I got down terribly on myself starting out and, and where I was going earlier with the odd duck order is it was like an order of like 18 or 24 pieces, which not a lot by my standards today. And I, from that point I realized that there was something there in doing that large quantity stuff,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but I didn't have the equipment. Like trying to do coasters, I had a four inch round cutting die that was a mallet handle that I had like a ten pound dead blow <laughs> hammer I was having to use, and it was exhausting
1: on every one yeah coaster. every
2: single one, every oh. single four inch coaster I mean it was exhausting like the first I think one of the first big orders of coasters was for y'all not yeah. that not that six or seven hundred piece when y'all did for the Ramble box. But I think it was... We did the Wichita Falls. Yeah, yeah, those. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just beating myself to death getting all those knocked out, you know. We were really
0: proud of those, (laughs) just so you know.
2: (laughs) But in my mind at that point, too, I was thinking I didn't value my time as far as putting a dollar amount, Mm -hmm. as far as like a salary or not a salary, but, you know, an hourly rate to my work. So for the longest time on my work, I was, as long as I could get the product done... And make money on it over material costs and things like that. I was doing great. Right. But I'm I'm learning. I'm getting better at that. It's not the way it operates. But saying that, those orders allowed me to build on the equipment that I have now that allow me to cut those items out where I'm not killing myself or throwing a shoulder out. And these are pieces of equipment that I wanted five years ago. Right. But I didn't have the money or I was smart enough not to like take credit on something and try to get it. I know maybe had I done that then I could have grown a little quicker, but I think think that's that's one of the biggest cons is is trying to get to point B from point A on a shortcut. And there, there is no shortcut you got to put in the time. and,
1: And with that time you figured out the route, that's leading you to success and your version of that. Right. So I think that's one good point is you just mentioning, and I know this was for us starting out when Ramble was a side gig, all the money we made above what it cost us to do it. We reinvested mm-hmm. back in. And yeah. We do and talk it's... early on about paying off debt, but real relatively we reinvested back in. And that's what I'm hearing you say. We did Take credit out to, or I did to purchase the business, but then after that, we've just put it back in and paid it off. So
2: yeah,
1: I think that for advice for someone having a side hustle, just maybe having a clear goal of where you want to go, or like, I don't know, like
2: I think you need you to say have
1: hobby. Does a think- side hustle stay a hobby, Jesse, or does it? I don't
2: know. I think I'm just now getting back to the point where I can work the hobby part into it. Okay. Right. It kind of goes to saying earlier how I'm able to tell people no now, because I have the work to run the business financially. So when I do have my free time open where I schedule my free time to work on the creative products, I, I make what I want to make. And that may be, somebody calls me up and they want some sort of custom tote and if I'm in the mood for it and I feel like I'm wanting to do that everybody knows you don't do that for people <laughs> so, uh, uh, so Ryan's shaking his head because he right. <laughs> he and I talked about building a messenger bag a while back and it may or may not be how long be. is a while? Let's just say it's been a minute. Anyway. How long
1: has it been, Ron? Point two years. Yeah, it's been a couple. Years. It's been two years. At least. This is clear that he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, he doesn't want to say know, yes, but it
2: doesn't make me
0: want it any less. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me. That's this was all a ruse. Yeah, right. I'm not even going to air it. We're not even going to put this on. <laughs> I
2: knew it. <laughs> uh, but but but, but yeah, to it, be
0: to be fair though, there there is a big difference between what you do and someone that golfs.
2: Yeah. Ho- I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess you know. that I wasn't super clear on that earlier. Yeah. If you're a hobby making something, like yeah. mm-hmm. if you're a woodworker, your wife's only gonna let you keep so many cutting boards in the house. Right. Like you're right. gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to sell something to right. to get either unload the product or or get your money to make make your next project. Yeah. But but now I'm I'm able to if that toast tote or bag book cover sounds interesting to me or challenging and I'm in the mood for it I can say yeah sounds like a great a great project for me Yeah, I'm really busy I may not have it ready for you for a month or two maybe longer depending on what you want made but I am ready to take this on Mm -hmm. and challenge myself
1: I think that helps people too like that's clear communication and if people want they've sought you out because they want it most people are patient, mm-hmm. you know. If you're honest with them, if I think you would so, have yeah. said, "Yeah, I can get to that in the next couple of weeks," and then in two weeks you're like, "It's going to be two more weeks," and then in two weeks there's two more weeks. That makes an unhappy customer. You oh know? yeah,
2: absolutely. But huh. and your I've, expectations.
1: I mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I've and I've done that before. I've had that done to me. I know what it feels like, and I hate when I end up doing that unless it's Ryan and it doesn't bother me. Yeah, right. Right. Well, now it's
1: well. just Ryan. It doesn't you know, matter. I love you, so snug. <laughs> So yeah, we've talked about how your <laughs> business has changed, how it's successful. Now to you and pros and cons. Do you have
0: I have one more question. Okay. Yeah, shoot. And we can cut this if you're not comfortable answering it, but is there ever a point where you like a like a a point that you could see to where you did it full time, to where you would actually consider going, you know, making lost paint when you're uh
1: or, yeah, why isn't it your full-time gig? Kind of going Same on. Same thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know. I, I think we're pretty far out there. Yeah. Um, I think we're. I'm kind of in a real sweet spot right now. Yeah. I've I've got to a point where I, I don't really want to take on a lot more work. I may take on a, one or two more clients for the big wholesale stuff, and I think that'd be just the perfect amount of work for me without having to hire somebody, which I would like to. I'm more. I think I'm almost more interested in creating a job for somebody than me actually going full Making time a career for yourself. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I, the idea of being able to create a position for somebody that's that's a pretty big goal for me. Yeah. And it, it it may be this summer, it may be in a year or two. I don't know, but I I think we're getting close to that, and it may just be a part time gig for somebody. Oh, man, but like I, I think idea, that's a great an- That's a great answer, though. I, I yeah. do too. I like but, it and and mostly because i'm not a huge risk taker uh that's not in my personality and it's it's a scary leap <laughs> it's a scary leap to try to, to leave a you know a paycheck every week and yeah. health insurance and those things so mm-hmm. I, I i think i would have i feel like i would need to grow the business significantly more than what it is now to be able to to make that leap, to feel comfortable doing it, yeah. Because I mean, what happens? You are
1: not alone in that. I think that.
2: I think this uh, is good for yeah. people to hear.
0: To you know. Oh you, yeah, it,
2: it scares the hell out of me. I'll yeah. be honest. Like I, there there have been several. A couple of years ago, I was getting very unhappy with my day job I have now. I was having some issues, and that. I love my day job now. Like I like my day job. So that kind of helps me right? like be comfortable. But there was a point where I was getting really not happy. And I s- started thinking about it more like going full time, going full time. And it's, it's just scary. It's but scary. And you
1: know, and it, you saw good things come from being a little bit patient, probably having a conversation with your boss, Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. now being happy. And I think, there's got to be a connection in that to how successful your side hustle is now. I think you know?
2: so.
1: It, Maybe not direct, but ironic that you are... conscious
2: subconscious of it all. You know, yeah. no, you saying that, I think it probably does have a lot to do with that because I think that I, I finally recognized... That I didn't have to keep trying to hustle so hard at the leather stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, cause there, in that point where you think, oh, I might wanna do this full time, like, just like I said, when somebody's starting out, it's real easy to get ahead of yourself. Like, I'm sitting there trying to think, how am I gonna b- blow this up and get it really big and, and really off the ground? But when, cause that's when I was thinking, I may wanna leave this job.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think when I realized that everything was good and it was a good situation I was in, I think that took a lot of the stress over me, a lot of the weight off my shoulders where I didn't feel like I was having to jump over mountains to try to make the business successful and kind of stop and recognize what I did take a have breather. and yeah. be like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like I can, I can take a break. Right. I don't have to do these shows this Christmas. <laughs> I can enjoy a Christmas without not running without running yeah. wide open. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a scary thing. I mean, I, I think about it a lot all the time still. But I just, I think I need to sit down and put a number to things to say, hey, if you're going to do it, you got to get to this number right. to feel comfortable I for everybody that, involved. I mean.
1: Yeah. I do think that's a good closing part to this. Yeah. Is full-time, part-time, hobby, not analyzing what is working and what isn't is is valuable because – Yeah. I mean, I think that we get stuck in routine and saying, well, I got to do these shows every year because I do them every year. That's not a reason. No. (laughs) To do it. No. Is it beneficial? I mean, Ryan's made me, because I enjoy shows, but then I always will complain about a show if it's not as successful as I have set the goal for myself.
0: And every emotional breakdown you've had over the last five years has been right after a show, on the way home (laughs) from a show. Oh. Name one. That you haven't name an emotional breakdown that wasn't after a. I
1: just went through a, <laughs> a pandemic, which was an entire year of an emotional breakdown. <laughs> okay, so
2: just... yeah, fair, fair, rebuttal. That wasn't me. that bad.
0: <laughs> 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 okay. Oh, you I... know, that, that's something. That's something too. You know,
2: is what I got you. What happens when you go full time and a pandemic hits? Yeah, I mean, y'all. I mean, the struggles that y'all. Had and so many other business, you know, like oh my god, what if i went full time last year? Just take this government money, to- man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> they're,
0: they're handing just,
2: it out right now. Uh, hand me a, take it. an application. Oh, uh, how how can everyone? We've enjoyed having you. It's well, good yeah, thank you. Up. This is great. I, I told you I I could talk.
0: You know, we used um, to do what? What day was it? We used to do brewery Mondays, right?
1: Yes.
2: It's and uh, we haven't done that in a while. Well, we used to do Fridays. Yes. That was the boys club. That was the boys club. Yeah. yeah.
1: Catherine wasn't invited. Right.
2: <laughs> what? what, what or dim- Norman, That was the, the Diamond Dogs. Diamond I didn't dogs. always oh. want to be
1: invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how can people find you?
2: Um, most active on Instagram. Uh, just at lost penguin leather.
1: It's fun uh, to watch his behind the scenes. You do those um, time your, lapses.
2: And the lives are good too. Yeah. 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 You, can, you can tune in to a live and hear me ramble. For hours <laughs> <laughs> talking to myself. But uh, yeah, I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, we do have a Facebook. I just, I hardly hard, ever, man. I hardly ever get on there. I just link everything from my Instagram to, to Facebook. So uh, most active on there. It's been kind of quiet the past couple weeks.
1: If someone wants to business to consumer,
2: there it wrapping is. <laughs> this in. So
1: if someone wants to purchase a tote or do something like that, do they go to the, your website?
2: Go to the website first. If you're wanting a tote or a bag, go to our website. I do have items in stock on there. I don't have a lot of inventory on there, but check the website first.
1: Okay. Now business to business.
2: Business to business.
1: Where do they, how can they.
2: You can email me. Okay. Email is really the best, um, the best way to contact me. And that, that's that's one of the big cons of the side hustle part. Is me not being available regular hours? Ah. You know? He'll get back reply. to you. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm available Monday through Friday after five or before. Man, eight that's what it's saying. Yeah.
1: Sometimes people just don't put it and you're like, they're ignoring me. No, man, they got a job and they get right. And I, away. I, try to, I
2: try to push that and let people know because. I yeah, know. I know. It's It can be frustrating for people. So I normally say email is the best way because I've always got my phone on me. What's your email? Uh, it is just uh, lostpenguinleather at gmail.com. That's my general one. Or I think I've got one set up through my internet. There's just m- info at lostpenguinleather.com. It's probably
1: linked. But yeah. yeah lostpenguinleather at gmail.com. Jesse Beckham, everyone. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. This, this is was fun. fun. Adios. Adios.
1: You can find us on Instagram at RyanHagerTX, at Ramble and Company, and at Katherine.hager. I'm gonna leave you guys today with a quote from Mother Teresa. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless.